Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time, a Wave Sports and Entertainment original presented by Prize Picks. Get that money. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is that time of week where we have a guest join us, coming to us live, fresh from the barbershop, uh, the best college football writer in America. Check him out, Channel 6. Uh, shut down full cast, all kinds of fun things. Spencer Hall, what's going on, big dog? Oh yeah, straight from straight from the barbershop. This is the only time I will ever be seen this close to a haircut. I think this is my fourth haircut of the year. So big big things happening, obviously, because eventually you'll get tired of people just yelling at you to groom. I had somebody last time I was on this show, a lady from <laughs> Vermont in my mentions, who just kept repeating the word in all caps, groom at me. <laughs> like i was a horse that's, yeah like, that's not even a hint like that's no yeah that's that's right there well well i do have to ask this you've been in atlanta now over a decade do you still let a white person cut your hair um so there is a unique float over a crossover between things where there are black barbers who do cut white hair and white barbers who know how to line you up so I go to a barbershop that's kind of the barbershop itself isn't on that line, but the guy that I have does both. So you get a little whiff of that, right? You get a little shaping, you get a little bit of a fade effect <laughs> on the side. You will get a little bit of a cleaner lineup on the beard. They don't they don't grizzly Adams you, right? They will make sure you get that taper, right? <laughs> or what I like to call soft rough, the first cut on the golf course. So that's that's where I go. I have had a black barber cut my hair before. It looked a lot like this. I would worry with you that you'd mess around and come out a little bit too fresh, right? Like you're not trying to get the Joe Brady, right? I'm not like coming that's out not there with the Travis Kelsey. That, that, that's not that's not that's not exactly where you want to go. It's not your aesthetic. And the dude would be like, no, 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 no trust you. me, I got you. And you would be out here looking like really fresh, but it would not fit. You know, the brand. it would just take a compliment to keep me on that track, though. Like if I left, right? And a lady looked at me and was like, mm, mm. I'd be like, you know what? That man was onto something. We're going straight. We're going straight with the uh, we're going straight with the the blurred lines cut. We're going straight with the tightness from the start. She hit you with that. Hey, boo. And then all of a sudden, everything a little bit different, huh? Mm-hmm. Just what? A little little extra wind in the sails. We might, you know, we yep. might be taking we might, we might be taking the boat around that corner a little more often if that's how the wind's going to be blowing around here. Yeah. Yep. Next stop hair bone chain that yep. that becomes that's the next level like after the <laughs> white dude get the face a hair bone chain and a stack of hill figure shirts you know what i'm just gonna say this nothing stopping you white guys nothing stopping you absolutely nothing stopping you because i will tell you this too the streets will tell you it will work or it won't okay they'll let you know okay <laughs> but if you keep getting the thumbs up and it's making your life better. You feel like you're becoming more of the person that you believe you will become. 
I am not going to put on the yes. parking brake for you. Okay. I don't care who you are. If you are, and I swear there's an entire crew of dudes in Philadelphia, okay, balding white dudes who are now easily in their mid 50s to 50s who wear kooky sweaters, have a little herringbone chain, and can put a little how, how you doing to anybody they meet on the street. Okay. And it's been working for them for decades. All right. That could be you. It might be you. I'm not saying it is you. I'm not saying it's likely that it's you. Okay. Let's play probabilities here. But if you were within the sound of my voice and you go, yeah, you know what? A little herringbone chain's going to work for me. Try it out. Try it out. There's only one way to find out if it works. And by the way, I don't know how it works for this generation, but mm -hmm. if you add that with the sophisticated knowledge of slow jams, you got places that you could take this. Because to me, the single most underrated thing about Rocky, the original Rocky, and it's funny mm -hmm. you mentioned Philadelphia, we hadn't planned this, but the most underrated part of the original Rocky is the original Rocky starts. Like you think about you know all the stuff that's going on at the beginning of it before we even know anything about Rocky. What is Rocky playing on the turntable? Cooling the gang, summer madness. I have That's no right. idea why. I don't know what that was supposed to point out and tell us about Rocky. But all I'm telling you is, if you had a, if, if, if Rocky was pulling that off, now just imagine if Rocky had Fade to go with it. That's all I'm saying. Just a lit, just a little bit, okay. Again, all I'm saying, be who you're gonna be. Okay. Only one way to find out whether the vehicle really could take a turn or two, and that's to crash test it yourself. Me, the chain's not happening. Speaking you can't see it. Who you're going you can't see it under this beard, by the way. That's the thing. It's like it's just not happening. It's visually, visually, not it's not leg. happening. Yeah, not your leg, not your leg. Now, speaking of being who you want to be, we got the college football playoff here. Um, we have uh, Texas in it. We got Alabama in it. We got Washington in it, and we have uh, Michigan in it. And I swear, nobody is winning the "I am who I am." Damn it. Uh, contest over Jim Harbaugh anytime in life because I feel like two things are happening in this current discussion of the playoff a we're talking a lot about a team that's not in it that nobody thinks can win it it's kind of cute quaint that we're really getting so caught up in that but then number two the polarizing topic of Michigan and we're not actually asking ourselves are we sure they can win this thing because they're a I don't feel like we got a powerhouse in this this time we don't we have a lot of i think we have a lot of count what we would call countervailing strengths and weaknesses we have a lot of teams that are capable of putting another team in an uncomfortable position but are themselves vulnerable to something else michigan the scariest thing for michigan to me is if they get in the position where they need to start scoring points ideally what michigan wants to do is they want to grapple they want to slow this game down and they want to dominate with the run game and both lines along the line of scrimmage that's cool. That's cool. But we saw last year, TCU flipped them on their back fast, and they panicked. And they did score points, but did not have enough to keep up with them. And I feel like there are two teams in this uh, in this shebang, Texas and Washington, who both fit the bill in terms of being able to pour some points on, really lay some smoke there, and maybe put you in a position you don't want to be in. Additionally, I think Alabama's a terrible matchup right now because Jalen Milrow... He's very new school in the fact that he is a dual threat quarterback. Okay. That is something that I think over the past 25 years we can say is definitely a new school thing. He's very old school in that this, he's going to complete half his passes. Where are they going? Someplace that hurts. <laughs> They're going someplace that really, really hurts. I can't, I can't really explain it, but like there's some sort of limiter to where if you, I saw that Jalen Milrow had completed 70% of his passes, I'd be like, they lost. They lost that game. That meant that they were throwing nothing but short stuff. <laughs> so and there easy was something, this isn't the play it. 
No, no, no. Jalen Miro is the kind of guy who really is like a large, what we call a large bills only kind of uh, withdrawal at the bank. Like <laughs> it's brother, it's going forty yards downfield, and somebody's coming down with it. Okay, or or he'll do what he did at the end of the game by getting a first down that you didn't expect him to get. He's the guy that offers a phrase that is rarely heard. Do you have change for a fifty? Yeah, exactly. He's he's right? he's the guy. He's the guy out there carrying what grants? Yeah, he's carrying he's carrying grants and Franklin's yes. only, and yes. it's it gets weird. Um, so I think that Michigan's got tough matchups. They're a tough matchup for everyone there, but I don't see anybody who's truly dominant. And that's by the way, everybody's at like fifty percent. Texas, when somebody goes, well, how how can Texas win this whole thing? They haven't been there. They haven't. Texas, have you seen their defensive line? Sometimes you want football to make things easy for you at the end of the season. There is no larger, blunter, or more powerful instrument than Texas's defensive line right now because you're not running on them in the middle. It's not. Tavondre Sweat's there. Tavondre Sweat weighs 362 pounds, and I swear to God, he's not fat. He ain't big. He's just how's this? He ain't big. He's just huge. Yes, I swear. Like, I want to get back to Texas in a minute because it is interesting that seven wins Sark figured it out and got them to this place that they're in. The thing I always think about with Michigan, though, I don't know if they're the hardest team to prepare for, but they look like they're no fun to play against. Like, the Jim Harbaugh mantra has been, for as long as we've known him, we're going to make this hurt. He managed to put together teams at Stanford that made it hurt. Like, we are just, as an ethos, as an idea, I think I may have told the story here before, but when they played that year in the playoffs in San Francisco, that first year, and they played against the Saints, and nobody had watched the ball year long because none of us believed, right? Like, you, it had never gotten to a point where you felt compelled to actually watch them. And they gave the ball to Pierre Thomas, and Dante Winter went and knocked that. Back when we could, like, marvel at people getting concussed, he went and hit that dude so hard, and he went straight down. And I was like, oh, so the whole philosophy here is just that we're going to beat the hell out of people. Got you. He has finally gotten that to a place because offensive football basically went in a direction that Jim Harbaugh was not ready for it to go. But he got the talent ramped up and, you know, maybe some auxiliary intel that got him to the point where they're like, yeah, we just go, we just be out here beating the hell out of people. I went up there and watched them play against Michigan State last year, had pretty good seats. And I was just like, oh, these boys hit really, really hard. I don't feel like we're going to beat the hell out of you is the way to go about trying to beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. I just don't feel like that, that because you're not going to do that. I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that. I couldn't even see Les Miles teams do that. I don't feel like it's the way to go against Texas, frankly. I don't feel like it's the way to go against this Washington team because, as you saw, Oregon, who is very much what we call a football-ass football team, came out twice in a row determined to like knock your teeth out and they got pushed off the ball by a Washington offensive line who is deeply underrated. They're very mean and very motivated. I think you saw against Oregon in the second matchup particularly. Uh, they were they were going to snatch chains without apology and did the entire game. I this again, this is I think I think it's a tough pull for anyone. When somebody goes, Well, what's the better matchup? You know, who's actually, you know, like is it just Michigan? No, not at all. Especially because I, I want to see how J.J. McCarthy recovers after a little bit of rest. I think he was dinged up at the end of the season. I think that's one reason that they were doing things like calling 30 runs in a row. They were also calling 30 runs in a row because they thought it was cool. <laughs> and because Penn State couldn't do anything about it. But 
I want to see how they've recovered from that. Ultimately, for me, Michigan defensively, that's not a question because first thing Harbaugh is going to work on on both sides of the ball are run fits. It's not like you're going to find an unoccupied gap with somebody who's going to be real nice meeting you against Michigan. They're mean. <laughs> Whatever door you choose is a bad one. But I want to see if they get into a position where they need to score some points, whether offensively they're going to be able to pass their way down the field. And man, they really should be because if anyone has a better play action threat, show me. They don't like like they have. You want to talk about establishing the run? That is the most established run. If you're like you got to establish, Michigan's overdrawn in terms of credit for the run. They can pass. I would just like to see them do it. I tell you something, Michigan. If they like manage to win this, it'll be very similar to the Patriots winning the Spygate season or no, the mm-hmm. Tom Brady season, the Deflategate season. Sorry, I got my gates mixed up. Like there, there will be absolutely be something to that because part of the fun with Jim Harbaugh is. Whether or not he's lying isn't the point because he believes every word that he says. He believes every word he says with a startling conviction all the way down to the idea that now it's okay for quarterbacks to eat chickens because he used to say that chi- what, what chickens were, were they a fearful bird? Is that what he called yeah, them? Yeah, they were, they were a fearful bird. They were going to make you play anxious football. The anxious bird. That's right. They were anxious bird. Mm-hmm. And now he owns some chickens and he understands the resolve of chickens a little bit better. And so he's okay with his quarterbacks eating chicken and these aren't jokes, man. He believes this stuff. Yeah, no, he 100%. I, I cannot emphasize to you enough that none of this is an act with him. None. The most ridiculous stuff, the most mundane stuff. It's all on the level. Um, It's one of my favorite things you'll see online when somebody goes, that person's so fake. I'm like, no, they're crazy. You just don't realize that. You just don't believe in crazy. You're like, everybody's got an angle. Everybody's got a grip. No, sometimes there are freaks just walking around here and you don't believe in them. And Jim Harbaugh is 100% one of those guys. The milk with a steak thing is what he prefers and is real. The idea that he has had a great intellectual reckoning with chickens and found them to be a creditable, respectable animal. I guarantee you he thought and talked like he's in some respect. He's the kid who likes to talk about trains a lot. You know, like you pick up the phone, you go, hey, nephew, how you doing? And they're like, hi, I really want to talk to you about a train. That's Jim Harbaugh, except the train is football most of the time. Sometimes it's this little side distraction, right? I know he was big into plants this offseason. You want to talk about botany with Jim Harbaugh? He would love to talk about botany because he's suddenly very, very (laughs) interested in it. Now, is it interested in that cool way where you go, oh, man, he's got a lot of different interests. And sometimes he likes to pepper our normal conversation with them. No, he's just going to talk at you about them. And that's exactly how he is about football. (laughs) Um, So like when he says something about the Connor Stallions case, I tend to believe it because none of this is put on none of this is put on he's that insane and a man i mean man willing to have some controversial opinions like i've I've talked about this before you can feel however you want to feel about this issue jim harbaugh not really all he's not team pro-choice right i don't get the feeling that he's necessarily team abortion should be illegal but he is definitely team i don't think that you should have an abortion and willing to offer this view in public which by the way hey you're allowed to think what you think, right? But he has said there that if you are going to have, if they have a baby that you don't want, just go ahead and have the baby and you can bring it to my house. And people always make the argument against the pro-lifer as well. If you want these kids to be alive, well, why don't you take care of them? And most people fall back. When Jim Harbaugh says you can drop the baby off at his house, much to his wife's chagrin, I think he means it. He's 100%. He means it. If you actually went through with all of that, 
and you decided to drop a baby off uh, at the Harbaugh's house, I fully believe Jim Harbaugh would take it. He's the guy who still mows his own grass. He's the only football coach I know who 100% mows his own grass, which is a crazy thing to do when you consider the dollar to hour valuation of your time. But he does it because, I don't know, Jim Harbaugh has this little compartment in his mind of what a dude does. And one of the things is mow your own grass. So he still does that. He's also like, you know, on the, the, the like issue side, he's a huge and persistent supporter of legal aid. Like he is, that's yes. his like charity of choice is legal aid. If you were, you know, indigent. Well, you, defense. Know, well, you know how that happened, right? I forgot how that happened. He got it wrong with Colin and realized that he got it wrong with Colin and then came around and was like, hey, this is some way that we could help people with the legal system and wrote a thing in Time Magazine about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Kaepernick. I forgot that. Yeah. You're talking about a guy who all of this is on, like all of this, you may not agree with it and you might think that he's insane and I would not disagree with you, but it's also very on the level in a lot of respects. And I think you see a team that plays like that. Like this is a team where they couldn't line up an I formation like they did at Stanford and run 1983's hottest offense because the guys that they were (laughs) facing were far, far too strong and they kept trying to find a way to do that. And Harbaugh sort of found his own way to run a power run game, mostly single back. That's what they do, and they just move a bunch of tight ends around the field. So he's going to continue to try to do the same things, and he still believes in the same things when it comes to football. But they're going to adjust when they need to in order to continue to do those things, albeit in their own fashion. Yeah, and he is a champion of the players getting paid too, which is interesting that they had yeah. a whole lot more discussion around that. He's like, no, let's get this revenue share thing going. Like I say, he a real one, no matter what you think. But something you and I have been talking about for a while, and we thought that this would be the year that it would come up, and it just didn't. And we've been trying to talk to people about this for a very, very, very long time. And it is, there is a dragon at Alabama that if Nick Saban were to come out here and go 10-2 and two again, it would be a problem. If he would go 9-3, mm-hmm. and three, things would catch fire, and it looked like this would be the year and finally we would be able to explain to people that not even Nick Saban can get away with going nine and three and Nick Saban's like I know I can't get away with going nine and three so we're going to go 11 and one yeah you're talking about uh somebody figuring something out when you go seven when Sark figured it out seven when Sark figured it out by going to a place where your normal seven win output's probably going to give you 10 as long as you recruit you know because he's seen <laughs> we know we know at Texas that there is an elite level of cruise control you can hit where you'll probably win nine or ten games a year. Because remember, in college football, the big jump, uh, and and this is paraphrasing a Dan Mullen quote, that big jump is not between nine and ten or eight and nine. That big jump is between ten and eleven. That's it. There's a couple of games on your schedule, two games on your schedule that are going to define you as either from great to elite, and whether you win those or not, that's, that's the bar. So Sark is kind of, Sark ain't dumb. He figured it out at Texas. You go ahead and get a you know top five, top ten recruiting class. You do all the stuff that you know you can do as a coach anyway, and you manage to keep the assistants happy and or rotating through in an orderly fashion. And buddy, we can get a five to ten year run to some really solid salary in. <laughs> we can get a good ten, nine, ten wins. Everybody's going to be just unhappy enough to keep you. That's the you know that's it, right? Like if I win one here or there, nice. You might even get yourself into the College Football Hall of Fame somehow with a grand total of two conference championships at the University Mm -hmm. of Texas. That is true. See, listen, I want you to consider this. He wins three in the SEC. Sark's a god. He's And I mean three over whatever, extend the time frame, next 15 years. If he wins one every five years, he's beaten Mac. 
Easy. Easy. So, given that, let's talk about Nick Saban, somebody else who figured out after coaching at Michigan State, you know it's a lot easier than struggling to get to eight wins at a place that has a ceiling of maybe 10. How about I go coach LSU? Coach them up. (laughs) Or better yet, when I return to college, why don't I go to the place where I know an idiot could win 10 games? And a genius like me, a genius like me is going to wreck shop there. Right. Except a genius like you also might lose six because things happen there. And he was like, they won't happen to me. You go back and you look at that 07 season where I think they went like six and six in the regular season before the NCAA came and took back all those wins. Those are all, all those losses are like two points, three points, six points, seven points. They were this close to him walking in off. I mean, I think they were pretty damn bad. No six, as I recall, he almost walked in the door and flipped it up immediately. And then he went and ended Tommy Bowden's little career at Clemson, that first game in 08. And Mark Rick was never the same again. Mark After Rick that was time, never the same they wore again. black and it turned into a funeral. Mm-hmm. Eventually they wear, eventually they wear urban down. Um, it's a testament to Les Miles' powerful rock-like brain that he lasted as long as he did in the same division with Nick Saban. Just, uh, <laughs> just like that again. You want to talk about some serious Bo Beckler, Michigan rock brain? All they did yes. was call, yeah. All they did in that game of rock paper scissors was call rock, and it, he still managed to survive ten years <laughs> in that job. Next is Nick Saban. It's it's amazing. But how long can he keep them at bay? How long can he keep this up? I don't know. How long's he got? He's obviously still really good at his job. You saw that in the first quarter against Georgia, he scrapped the entire game plan correctly in favor he, because they came out and they were in an, what's called an odd front because they thought they needed to stop the run. And after that first drive where Georgia just cut through him like a knife, a hot knife through butter, he said, just play cover two. He was basically like four down, cover two, change the front. That's what we're doing. Let the players play. Which I love because that was Nick being like, all those cool ideas we had in practice, boys. Turns out we're stupid. Just <laughs> go run split safeties. And, and I don't know. Just, you know, go out there. God, we're so bad. We're so bad at this. We're so dumb. And they go out there and, like, the players bail him out. And I think that's, like, the greatest sign of his his power as a coach is that sometimes he's willing to just let all of the prep work and all of the X's and O's stuff fly by and just go, the players are who plays this game. Let them go do it. This season – will be their 16th top 10 finish in a row. And look, it's one thing to do that at Nebraska, Oklahoma in the 70s and 80s where you're really playing one game a year, like one conference game a year and one, maybe two non-conference games that you decided to schedule just for fun. 16 straight years in the top 10 while playing in the SEC is absurd they only have two seasons since 2008 where they did not finish at least tied for first in the division yep um and by the way do you want to know what he's got for all that he has a phone filled with angry anonymous calls because someone leaked his number on a message board so (laughs) 72 And you look at your phone, and there's a bunch of people who are mad as hell at you. I can't imagine, by the way, anybody who cares less about what you have to say about Alabama getting it. Like, you could call a total and they would care more than Nick Saban receiving a call from you going, why'd you keep the nose out? Like, oh, I don't care. I really don't. It's, like, it's a really, it's, it's the total opposite. <laughs> well, if you'd like to know, I could, if, 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 
It's like, if you have a moment, I could explain to you all the reasons mm -hmm. why your team probably should not be in this. And we are, you sorry, no good motherfucker. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I don't, I don't care. I'm going to go eat two oatmeal cream pies and watch the weather channel. <laughs> see whether we need to practice indoors or outdoors. Cause that's what I do every damn day. <laughs> uh, and then by the way, you said all of those top 10 finishes. Um, keep in mind, there was a period of time there where they were averaging a national title every other year. Yeah. Every other year pulled in six of them <laughs> over that span six six of them to go with what is a total of not nine sec titles to go at alabama alone that doesn't count the two that he has from lsu a place in the west the, the west is they've won 15, 15 straight in the west bo LSU, by the way, just so we're clear, a place that it never won a damn thing before he got there. Like they might have won a thing. I know Billy yeah. Cannon had a Heisman, like a but they, the LSU that you guys know did not exist until Nick Saban got there. Because mm -hmm. Nick Saban's like, I don't know how to break this to you boys, but I'm taking every black guy I can get, every single one of them. Nope, 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 nope. Yep, that's right. Quarterbacks too. We're taking them all. I really respect the institution that is Southern University, and I'm glad that it is the premier uh, higher institution of learning for black athletes and uh, here in Baton Rouge, and that's over. <laughs> that's over. You're coming here. Enough of that. That's done. Marcus like, Spears. You want, you want a band? I will write a check so the band is nicer now. Okay. Yes, we have what got, do you want? We've got you want to hang out at music. Southern? Guess what? Mm-hmm. You got a car, right? I'll call you a cab so you can go over and hang at Southern. And if you want to come back here, you go right ahead. But y'all are about to get super comfortable here on this campus. Do you see? We got a tiger. It's cool. I, the job he did, like, if you want to know what his best coaching job, it's that 03 team. Hmm. Like, it's that 03 team. You look at it and you go, oh, there's a whole lot of no one on here. Like, there are a lot of talented players on that, on that roster. Don't get me wrong. But that 03 team, at LSU, that's that's his best coaching gig. I will, as a matter of bringing us back to the present, I will state I think this year is is probably his best job that he's done at Alabama. All right, by far, yeah. just because hold, 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 it looks so bad so fast. Yeah, hold that right there because I got something on this, and we gonna make some money right quick. Coming up next, we got more on the right time. Getting ready for the national champion uh, college football playoff. That's what they call that money grab. Prize Picks is the most fun you can have by winning up to 25 times your money this football season. And now you can play during basketball season two. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And with the NBA back, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. A league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make our picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And if you stick around for the end of the show, you'll get to hear some picks from the producer, Sean, that can either help you win or make you fail miserably. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash Bomani and use code Bomani for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Bomani. Prize Picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. This time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. 
Whether it's seasonal stress from the cold temperatures or the holiday blues from missing your family because you're unable to travel. It can be a tough time for anyone, no matter what their situation is, but adding something new and positive to your life can help counteract some of those feelings. One helpful solution can be therapy. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, and it can be something to look forward to and something to make you feel grounded. Therapy can help you learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries within your life. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for people who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bomani. The holidays are right around the corner, and whether you're traveling or enjoying the time off from work, NBA 2K Mobile is the must-play mobile game for all hoop fans. This time of year is when basketball starts to heat up, and you can get unbeatable court action in the palm of your hand. Build your perfect dream team by combining legends with rookies or compete in turning mode no matter where you are. You can showcase your skills and learn new ones while climbing the leaderboard. It's the perfect game for basketball lovers and casual NBA fans alike. Download NBA 2K Mobile free and start customizing your dream team today to join the holiday gaming fun. Download NBA 2K Mobile free on the App Store or Google Play. And use promo code Bomani Jones, one word, to receive an exclusive Shaquille O'Neal Pearl Tier card. All right, uh, welcome back to The Right Time. Spencer Hall with me. We've been talking about this college football playoff, and I guess we hadn't gotten around to talking about Washington. Yo, that is such a sneaky good program in just about every way. They've suffered some horrible lows over the course of the last 20 years, I will point out. But they're the super sneaky good. Like, like, like that's the job where if you get offered it, you take it. Damn, Jimmy Lake, boy, you blew that one, dog. Good gracious, did you ever blow it? Mm-hmm. He did the defensive coordinator thing. My favorite thing would go, so oh, we have a good offense. Enough of that. <laughs> Can't know. That's that's not my not my program. Not on my watch. Oh, the Pat Narduzzi, where he goes, oh, look at all those points. Yeah, we gotta get rid of those. That's that's bad football right there. That's un American. Nah. Uh Jimmy Lake had made the worst you know, he hired John Donovan as his offensive coordinator, who now has killed like two teams and uh, who knows? Maybe well on his way to killing a third coaching regime as an offensive assistant at Florida. So <laughs> who knows? Um, but shouts out to his agent because you do your job really well. Uh, Washington is one of those jobs where 0-11 is never far away. But the, also, I would say 10-2 is never that far away. Oh. They're a big variance program. Yeah, but you do have a sneaky advantage in terms of recruiting because I really ain't nobody else up there. There's, there's nobody else like Wazoo is not going to have the same draw. You're not going to be closer to population centers and you can go ahead and go toe to toe with Oregon. We've seen that year in and year out. They're more than capable of doing that when they have their ducks in a row. Um, the other thing that they managed to do is this. They, they did. Um, you know, there's certain points where I have 96 percent of the stuff I need for a good team. I got a good university. I'm close to a major population center. Right. I got people who want football to be good. They'll write checks. OK, so I got money. I got people. I have an institution behind me. So 
now at that point, we're like a NASCAR team. You know, we just need a good driver. We need somebody who's going to take like the next four percentage points that I need to get us to 100% um, since we're already pretty good. They hired Kalen DeBoer, and that's a sneaky great hire, not just because people go, oh, he was from Fresno State. No, man, he, he coached uh, at the FCS level for ever is already a championship coach and is one of those guys who is sneaky chaotic i think mina kime said that kaylin DeBoer was uh in terms of alignment that he was chaotic good in terms of play calling but that he was lawful neutral in terms of uh demeanor in other words he looks like a cop but inside <laughs> there's a bandit soul and if you look at how they call plays and what they do they do some wild stuff like they could get up to first and goal and the next three plays you see are all going to give you a heart attack because they are not what your team would call. They are not, well, you should run the ball up the middle. Nope. Double reverse option run to the left with a tag on the back for a tight end pass. Like, that's what they do on first down. They're reckless. But by my mind, by the way, more entertaining to watch than Texas, which says a lot because Sark has been in his bag all year long when it comes to calling plays. And they've been more fun. They also hit on a transfer QB which is super important now because you could take three or four years to develop a QB, but why would you do that when somebody else has done it for you? Honestly, well, that's a sincere question. And also keep in mind that the developer in this case of Michael Penix was Kalen DeBoer. He's like, look, if anybody going to get the benefits of right. turning this into something, it's going to be me. For those of you who don't know, Michael Penix is the new Antoine Randall, which is to say, Indiana had a really good quarterback and what a waste that is. And so he was there and then it was like, he's also like mm -hmm. 28 years old. I forget how old Penix is, but he is a very old, very large man. But he gets to Washington and Washington as a program, they are the only program that is in a city and that's not viewed as a demerit, right? Like, like they are an actual right. college in an actual real life city. And you're right. Seattle's an actual metro area. It's not close to anywhere else. They're going to get those guys. There ain't but so many places for those dudes in California to go. And quite honestly, California has a disproportionate number of college football prospects that need to get as far away from home as they possibly can. You know what I mean? They need to go way, yeah, Seattle, Seattle's way. the better. Yeah. yeah. It might as well. But I mean, if Hawaii too far. But like that right there, they just need to get as far away from home as they can. And it's perfect. Chris Peterson got in there and did work, and they consistently recruited like top 15. Like it is in every way. They're mm -hmm. sneaky good, sneaky history, right? Like you go back when when we were kids, Washington was a monster. And then they went 0 and 12 with Willingham that one time. Because Owen, listen, I'm telling you, the floor, it's just one of those places where there's absolutely no safety harness. So you might hit that like 0 and 12 season. Like that's that's 100 percent a possibility there. But at the same time, it's one of those places where if you line things up right, like Chris Peterson did, or like Kalen DePore has, okay, and you manage to go ahead and rescue one very talented quarterback from the jaws of Indiana football. Respect, by the way, to most of the Indiana fans I know and, and encounter online and in real life, because every single one of them has been like, go dogs. They've been 100% about <laughs> this who because they Michael Penix. Michael Penix put more on the field for Indiana football than any player in recent history since Antoine Randall L. They're thrilled for it. They know who they are. Like, like they, 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 know they know who they are. And I, I kind of feel bad for them in the sense, and this is the thing about the transfer portal where I've never been in favor of taking away the year waiting period for transferring, but I recognize that the hypocrisy of how it was with the coaches made it impossible. This is, this is not good. Cause I look around and I can't lie. I see a bunch of quitters, man. That dude, you a starting quarterback at Ohio state and you try to go somewhere else, bro. You better stick around there and become a lifetime legend. <clears throat> Do you want a car dealership or not?
Like what? Like, 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 what? I don't. I don't. I like. I look all around at it. I don't get it. But at the same time, if I was really good and played quarterback in Indiana, I gotta go. Well, I don't know what the Colin McCord. I don't know what the circumstances are behind that Colin McCord transfer or not. I don't know whether that was a, a voluntary yeah. choice or not. He might have entered the portal because they might have. You can't really cut people in college football, but you can also say, "Hey, this job's going to be open." <clears throat> yeah, well, that's interesting because I was doing that job, and you have an entire uh, like you got a book on me, and they go, "Yeah, we do." This job is now open, and you go. Ah, yeah. Ah, but see that, I see. But see, that's next level yeah. of it, man. With this damn portal, you can just always your replacement. He ain't even. He might not even be there, but he there. He's somewhere. He in the computer. We just looking mm-hmm. it up. We just swiping right. Just swiping right. You imagine that they're in the they're in the office, and you know there's somebody with the laptop open or with the like on the monitor, right? Just watching film, and you go, huh? Those guys aren't in our conference, <laughs> and that's a quarterback who's a that's a quarterback who's in the portal. You know, it's a lot like looking at a sign that, you know, it's like that Garfield meme where it's an anti-Garfield sign and Garfield's looking at it going, huh, wonder who that's for. That's you looking at that film when they go, yeah, he's looking at another quarterback. Yes. That's crazy, man. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're not looking at a quarterback Mm -hmm. as much as there's a quarterback in every play and we just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Also, I think now we've seen, I mean, I have several rules. I believe that you should be able to transfer mid-game if possible. Like if you want to come on over for the third quarter and we can make that money work, then cool. Hand over your helmet, go over there. Um, That's fine. I'm for like extreme labor mobility, but I'm also for this. I think every quarterback should transfer once. Every time I've seen a quarterback transfer and the terms have been good and charitable on both sides, it's just worked out. It's like an exchange program. You go, hmm, it's been nice here, but I'm going to go to the University of Barcelona for a semester. Well, hold up that uh that that Georgia quarterback that has such a Georgia quarterback name but couldn't beat out the other guy who has such a Georgia quarterback name. He just announced that he transferring Brock Vandegrift. Vandegrift. Yeah. Wow. From a town yes. called Bogart. I did not know mm-hmm. that there was a town called Bogart. That's one of my favorite things. That that's that's what we got to bring back, man. Like I know it's so old timey now at this point. That nobody even gets like the point of origin, but saying that you bogarted somebody—that's what time it is. And that's exactly what's happening here, by the way. That is, yeah, they bogarted his ass in Kentucky. Bogart, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to to the to the team whose coach almost got bogarted himself, <laughs> yes. but then decided that you know what. Moving is a pain in the butt. <laughs> Nobody wants to move on. I'm convinced that was the one thing when they're like, you know, this AM gig seems pretty good. I know people are like, oh man, Stoops did because he was scared of the AM job, or they couldn't make the money work because Stoops was asking for too much money. Do you know what ultimately it came down to? He looked around and he goes, you know, that pool table's heavy. And I know I can pay people to get it, but I don't have to get it out of the box again. He's just like, I don't want to move. I mean, think about it. You've moved, right? How many you've moved a couple of times as an adult? It's the worst. Hate it. Hate it hate it it's the hate worst it. so so like he was like is it worth an extra two million dollars a year he'd be like nah i got horses and bourbon here i don't I'm have to sorry. go anywhere for that quitting the tennessee job to take the texas a&m job is the most hustling backwards thing you could possibly do you are like look i'm here to tell you taking the alabama job unless you're nick saban terrible idea it's going to kill you right if it doesn't kill i mean it's just going to kill you there there's is no if it doesn't kill you it's going to kill you. The Texas A&M job is like that, except without the high ceiling of success. 
it's not there. Yeah. It's just going to kill you. It is. And like Stoops also got this, right? Like I love the script for the Kentucky gig every year. You can struggle. You can take some serious L's and that's fine. Cause nobody expects you to beat Alabama. Nobody expects you to beat Georgia right now. It's just not a realistic part of any sort of, you know, forecasting you do preseason. And then all of your expectations then naturally wind to the last game of the season, which is Louisville. And every time Kentucky has managed to need this, every time Kentucky's gone, well, kind of a disappointing season. Oh, but look who's waiting right there. <laughs> oh, there's like a nine and two Louisville. Be ashamed if somebody came along and absolutely <laughs> sideswiped you at an intersection. That's what they do. It's great. They they managed to go ahead and redeem a lot of their struggles by beating the crap out of Louisville every single time they can. It is, it's a great gig. And on top of that, I don't know if you've noticed this, coaches really like living in Kentucky. That whole, like, seriously, it's the whole bourbon and horses thing. The whole, like, hey, would you like to own a racehorse? I don't know if I want to own a racehorse, but you know what I do like? All that rich guy stuff that comes along with the feeling of owning a racehorse. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Stoops loves that. They're just in it for a good time over there, man. And, like, there's, there's absolutely mm -hmm. nothing Wrong with that. What AM needs, and they hired Mike Elko. Seems to be a very good coach. He just went and got Colin Klein to be his offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Probably one of those very good moves that makes me feel old, except for the fact that Colin Klein actually isn't that old. He's just kind of young to have this job, and people think very, very highly of him. Mm -hmm. But I want to run this by you. We all know when AM has been at its best, it's when they had a scoundrel in charge. Is there such mm -hmm. thing left as a college football coach and scoundrel? Like, I don't think there, there are no scoundrels left. They, they have eliminated a lot of places that were truly necessary. Like, honestly, Jim Harbaugh, the closest thing we got to a scoundrel, but he a little bit too high horsey about this stuff. A&M need a scoundrel. When they got them a scoundrel who know, as they say in airplane, how to talk jive, they got a chance. Here's what I think what they got with Mike Elko. I don't think Elko has much scoundrel in him. Fortunately, I think the Texas A&M booster base is filled an, up with enough, uh, at least aspiring scoundrels or people who don't know right from wrong and only understand money. <laughs> right. Like, I think that maybe like a scoundrel would say the law. Ha ha. I'm dashing. <laughs> it doesn't apply to me. Sometimes I think there's people who are so rich that they just go, well, why wouldn't I buy that? I'm a person <laughs> with money. Surely it would be wrong to buy it. You go. Yeah, actually, that's the United States Capitol building. It goes, but I would like to store my cars in it. Because that's the Capitol. It's our center of national significance. It's like, it's a big building. I should be able to buy it, right? <laughs> like, there's that kind of amorality that kicks in. I think A&M right now has enough oil money to where maybe they don't necessarily need Elko to be the scoundrel. I'll tell you what they do have, and I think it's good. These are This is a hiring that is built from humility. This is a yes. humble-ass hire. And I don't yes. mean it in that fake sense. I don't mean it in that like, oh, well, we're just going to get back to the hearty world of hard work and ideals and just doing one thing at a time. That's what we're – no, no, that doesn't get anyone anywhere. What I mean by humility <laughs> is this. They said, oh, we need a guy who can rebuild a program at a place where sometimes you don't get everything you need. Yes, and that's who they hired. And that's who they were going to hire before this, too, in the form of Mark Stoops. It is quietly this hire is quietly an admission of this is not a plug and play job. This is not a job. You know, like we can't just hire Urban. Right. We can't just hire uh, a really, really great coach who has only worked with really great programs. We can't hire a Phil Jackson class coach who comes in and says, I have superstars. I can manage that. No, you need a brick and mortar, dude. And by the way, the hire that they made. This football-ass football coach, Mike Elko, uh, 
has now made a football ass football coach hire for a coordinator at Colin Klein because Colin Klein, if you watched uh, Kansas State play, that is an offense that is like the first thing we are going to do is run the ball. And we're going yes. to run the ball in a college football type way. We will have options built into this. We will spread you out. We will make sure that the ground game is going to be solid before we attempt any of this stuff, uh, any of this other more developed stuff on offense. So in other words, congratulations. I, like there, I have come on the right time and I have said something nice about AM, which is this. You've, you're taking the program to rehab. Okay, this is a, there will be 12 of these steps. And when you get to the last one, we will worry about winning more than eight games. It's also got to help that you got somebody that knows already, man. Like, you got to be self-aware about the fact y'all some weirdos. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all are wall-to-wall some weirdos. And they know they some weirdos, but I do think that they forget sometimes they asking people to sign up on their weirdos in a much different way. You know what I'm saying? And so you got somebody that's been Mm -hmm. of this, has figured it out, has gone around, done the glad handing that you got to do, because look, Texas showing up to the SEC, there is a reason why Texas A&M fought against that so fiercely because their competitive edge in recruiting is gone. Gone, I tell you, gone. If mm-hmm. Texas shows up at the house at the same time that Texas A&M does, you've got no explanation as to why in the world anybody would go live in College Station. None. And the only, the only explanation is that you've managed to find somebody who is like, I don't know. Austin seems like kind of a big town for me. Maybe I need something a little more down home. And that might sound like a that that's a niche, and then that's fine. That's not going to be most recruits. Look, all it, it really won't be. And that goes for... All I'm saying is this. Even Will mm-hmm. Muschamp got jokes about College Station. And his jokes about College Station yeah, are a matter of fact. Columbia. They're like, is this still in College Station? Okay. <laughs> what they've done... Is they've just said we're going to be better at the uh, we're going to be better at the coaching element. We're going to make sure that what we do is one hundred percent sound. And if I could say this too, like you know, you go okay, well, in a college program, what's going to be that? If I had to pick defensively or offensively, which way would I go? Well, given A and M's profile and who they're going to be competing against, I would one hundred percent make that Elko hire because if I'm going A and M Longhorn head to head, I would be able to plausibly enter the room of a linebacker or a defensive end and say, son. Do you want to go play second fiddle to the offense? Or do you want to go to a place that had the wrecking crew? Do you want to go to a place where you know we're going to be about tearing that other team to pieces? That, to me, now you're on a compelling pitch. Now you're actually saying, I have something with some not only historical weight to it, but I can go, you know what, this side of the ball, this side of the ball, it's way easier for us to win games 21-14 than for it is to find the talent to put together 35 points a game. I will it say really this, is. I will say this with your reference to the Wrecking Crew. We're aging it. We're dating ourselves there, brother. Like, wait, wait till you go in there and try to tell mm-hmm. them kids about oh, that yeah. win. And then you spell win. And then they like, no, no, no. Let me show you a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That was him. He was a beast. He was a, he was a, he was a beast. Yeah. And now he owns a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Not surprised. Not surprised. I thought he'd go, you know, because his daddy was, they was fishing down there. Like, they, he from, from the docks down there somewhere. I mm-hmm. figured they'd, he'd have gone back and got into fish game, mm-hmm. but no, no, the Chick fil A seems like, by the way, great way. It sounds like a great place to put your money, I have to admit. I, I think it is. I think it basically is an ATM that spits bills all the time for them. Once you, All you have to do is like work 18 hours a day for five years straight. And apparently it's an ATM that just does nothing but spit money. I talked to him about it just before, just before, uh, just before the pandemic. And he was like, yeah, it's going real well, but it's my entire life. By the way, right fast, uh, before we go, somebody asked, um, what exactly is an Aggie? And the answer is a fucking weirdo. 
that's that's what an Aggie is. It is it is a it is a weirdo. Can I tell you that they are like they are the smartest fan base in the SEC in a lot of ways. Like one hundred percent the smartest. They are the person who, um, in the event of an apocalypse, I would one hundred percent want. You know, they're like my first draft pick for how am I going to get my generators right. How am I going to get my house some water? How am I going to make sure everything's running on time? And then after that, I don't need to do a damn thing, right? We're not picking the music. We're not picking the food. We're, no, it's just going to get weird from there, okay? Technical know-how, like if you go, it's the best. If you go on their message boards, it's this. The technical know-how. You could go on Aggie message board and be like, hey, man, my HVAC unit has been on the fritz for two weeks, All right? And they go, hey, take a picture of it. And 30 <laughs> minutes later, you're going to have the wires in the right place. It's going to all be good, okay? And if I go over to the Aggie politics board, these are the same people, and I will think, oh, my God, they are all brain damaged. Every single one of them has serious brain damage, and these are the same people. That's Aggie. Like, if you want to know the, the split there, that's 100% Aggie mentality. Spencer Hall, check him out on Channel 6. Check him out on the Shutdown Full Cast. Check him out on the DNF Podcast. He is the best college football writer in America. My man, I thank you greatly. Thank you. Big pinch hitting, too, by the way, because this is supposed to be another podcast, but that's neither here nor there. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. All right, Sean, what we got here for prize picks? What picks you got for the people? A few moments later. All right, I couldn't hear a word you said. I was just nodding along like, hell yeah, Sean, that's the way to go. I don't know if the people heard you, but I did not. But Sean just gave you picks, and we get credit for a prize picks. Don't let this go no other way. I just realized my mic was muted, and the uh, the, audience oh. is, the audience is losing it because they said, uh, they're like, we can't hear him. So let me do this oh, one damn. more time. I was, I was, I don't, <laughs> it was so funny about that is I was trying to play it cool because I figured they could hear it, and now they know I'm a phony because I was just, Man, no, if, if, you, if you were nodding your head, I would have been like, something's wrong. But you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me do this one more time. Uh, I'm taking five picks. We got a big NBA slate. I'm taking more on everything. Paul George, 23 and a half more. Jalen Green, 20 and a half more. Chet Holmgren, 16 and a half more. Carl Anthony Towns, 23 and a half more. Tyrese Maxey, 25 and a half more five picks i need a big win prize picks thank you as always please don't ever come out here and say you need a big win because then it makes me worry <laughs> then, it, then it makes then it makes me be like up next the public service announcement <laughs> uh, but uh i know you're good you straight you straight you straight you straight but uh before we go 
Want to promote Wave Sports Entertainment's newest show, 7 p.m. in Brooklyn. It's featuring Carmelo Anthony and the Kid Mero. The show goes live this Thursday at 1 Eastern, 10, 10 Pacific. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss two New York legends discussing hoops, culture, and everything in between. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. That's Sean Yu, who handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, subscribe, like, Follow the right time. Rate us. Review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. 